the sun is shining and all of my favorite plant friends are popping up right now. Speaking of plants, what are you growing this year? Do you know? Do you know what kind of medicine will be in your garden? Or are you still trying to figure it out? Totally okay if you're still trying to figure it out. We're all growing and learning on this journey, right? But if you want some help, I do have a family medicine garden guides. It's basically 10 essential herbs that I feel like every mom needs to know and grow in their yard. I give you some growing tips and ways that you can use it as medicine, and it's totally free. So if you want that, I'm going to pop a link in the show notes here for you to grab it and give Get your hands digging in the dirt and growing incredible medicine for you and your family. Hey, hey, it is so great to have you back for another episode of The Herbalist Path, where we're on a mission to inspire a movement for there to be an herbalist in every home again. And I am thrilled to finally release this great interview I did pre-COVID. Needless to say, things have been pretty crazy since the whole pandemic breakout, and I've had a hard time getting some podcasts out. But this one is fantastic. In this interview, I'm chatting with Madeline Mickleberry Morris of the wonderful Mickleberry Gardens. And if you do not know of Mickleberry Gardens yet, oh, check them out. They are an amazing herbal products company. So they do honeys and tonics and various sprays and salves. And they put a whole lot of love into the herbal remedies and and products excuse me, herbal products that they create. In this interview, Madeline and I definitely get down on some of the challenges, struggles, and trials and tribulations of being in the herbal products industry, beginning as like small-time, out-of-your-home kitchen businesses, and just talk about what a wild ride that can be. So, yes, this was recorded way back on February 26th, but that should not deter you from listening because Madeline is just absolutely Absolutely wonderful to listen to. And I can't wait till I get to have another conversation with her. But in the meantime, I'll tune into this episode too. And uh, I hope you enjoy. Take care of yourselves. Welcome to the Herbalist's Path, where we're on a mission to inspire a movement where there's an herbalist in every home again. With your host, clinical herbalist, Melissa Mutterspa. Hey, everybody. Thanks again for turn- tuning in to The Herbalist Path, where we are on a mission to inspire a movement where there's an herbalist in every home again. And I'm super excited to bring today's guest with you, Ms. Madeline Mickleberry Morris, to the show. She is a woman I've known for quite a while. She's got a really great herbal and honey business, Mickleberry Gardens out of the Portland, Oregon area. I believe you started as beekeepers and gardeners and really fascinated with plant medicine and grew her really beautiful business from just one farmer's market to now some pretty epic things. So um, I've had the fortune of running into Madeline at various herbal conferences and such and Uh, getting to tour her last space and she's just a really beautiful lovely being and I think you guys are going to enjoy hearing from her so welcome to the herbalist path Madeline yeah thank you so much yeah I'm super excited to to have you on today is there anything you wanted to add to that little intro I always feel so funny on intros (laughs) yeah no I I think you did a great job um yeah it's definitely been been a journey of kind of starting my own business um you know it's been about it's been about nine years that our business was officially uh kind of birthed um Mm -hmm. but but yeah it all it all kind of came from just a really uh, a love and a um 
like, yeah, just really feeling passionate about plant medicine and then also about, about honey and, and bees. That's, that's where it all grew from. That is so cool. Yeah. Tell me about that. Like how, how did it, how did you first get onto the, do you remember how you first got onto the herbalist path or you realized like, wow, these plants are really cool. I'm going to use them. Um, in beneficial ways for my life. Yeah, yeah. For days? me, it, for me, it really started with um, gardening, and um, I was just, you know, when I was younger, I was just really interested in gardening. And it, my my first passion for gardening was food. I thought like growing your own food and kind of sustainable uh, food production was was really important and fascinating. So at that time, I was just learning everything I could about gardening. Um, and, you know, being really involved in, uh, at that time, garden education. So I was working with, um, like, school gardens and teaching classes with children in gardens. Um, and, and I was really focused on food. But then I just kind of encountered a lot of the more medicinal, like, plants that you can grow in the garden, too. And that, and that's kind of where I, I started kind of shifting gears and being more being more interested in in medicinal plants instead of food plants and i think also you know we started our our business um and i so i was at farmers markets constantly and i realized i was realizing i can get all these amazing vegetables from people who are, are really focused on on producing food and that really shifted what I was growing in my own garden, I became less, um, you know, less focused on food and more focused on like, I want to grow pollinator plants, I want to grow, um, you know, medicinal plants that I can gather and process myself. So, so that kind of shifted, um, kind of shifted my interest more towards more towards the medicinal plant world. That's really, really cool. <clears throat> it's great that, yeah, I love hearing that story of like how it started as food and then it went into the medicinal plants, but really all in all, it's all medicine right there. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's so exciting. Do you, do you remember like the first medicinal herb that other than like a food plant that you were like, holy cow, you know, this, this is really great and I can use it for X or, or the first like herbal recipe that you ever made? Yeah, I think, well, I, I do really distinctly remember um, going out to gather nettles with a friend of mine, um, and I had never done that before or was not really even super familiar with nettles, and, but that, that was just really exciting to go gather this, like, wild plant food that is, you know, that's both medicinal and super nutritious, um, so that was kind of, that was kind of shaped my my interest in medicinal plants and some one of the first things we made with nettles were was a nettle pesto mm -hmm. um and then also i started i dried a bunch of nettles and then i started using nettles in tea and making like combinations of nettles and dried mint that i was gathering from the garden yeah and um, i think that was that was kind of where it was like a light bulb where i was just like wow this is you know kind of the, the, the little um, like, like less, I mean, nettles are super nourishing and, and good for you and food, right. but they're, they're also kind of providing this medicinal support that, that was really cool to me. Yeah, I, I too love nettles and I love going out to harvest them. And I, I love teaching people about nettles when I'm just like out on a hike and I'm like, oh, look, there's nettles. And like, I, I grab a leaf and I eat it and they're like, what are you doing? Like, yeah, totally. Those will sting you. Um, should, what do you want to say to people about nettles and that sting? Or do you, do you have anything you want to share in that department and how to harvest it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so, well, yeah, definitely if you're planning to harvest them, wearing gloves and long pants is, is really crucial, but um, like, and yeah, they, I mean, I think part of their medicine is that they're, they sting, like they're really good at protecting themselves. And um, so, you know, you have to treat them with a certain amount of respect. And um, the other, I, what I think is super cool about nettles is just the way that they kind of grow on the edges of like kind of human civilization and kind of more like, uh, more like wildness, I guess. Like I, 
always, they seem to pop up in edges. They really like where, you know, like human footsteps are light, but they're there. So they're kind of, they're kind of just there, like waiting for you a little bit, um, yeah. which I think is, is super cool. Um, yeah. And yeah, and I also, with nettles, I try to be really careful to um, harvest, uh, like initially I, I would harvest the whole like top of the young plants but I've kind of moved away from that and I'll just harvest the side um, leaves because I've learned that, um, especially in the Pacific Northwest, um, there's, there's a few like uh, native butterflies that nest in the little, um, the top parts of the nettle plant. Ooh. They like lay their eggs in that top part. And so after learning that, I've, it, and it takes a little longer and you don't get as large of a harvest, but if you just take the side uh, leaves off of some of the plants, you can leave that top part so that the, the butterflies still have that habitat. Oh, that's beautiful. I didn't even know that. That's, that's really great. Do you happen to know what, what, which butterflies they are, just out of curiosity? I can't remember exactly what butterflies they are. I, I learned about this from, um, I live right near Powell Butte Nature Park in mm -hmm. Portland, and nettles are super abundant on Powell Butte. Mm -hmm. um, but the Friends of Powell Butte uh, website has an article about that, and they kind of educate about that quite a bit. And nice. um, yeah, I don't, I can't remember exactly what type of butterfly, but I think it is a few different species that, that use the, the nettle tips in the early spring as nest sites. That's really, really cool and really good information. I'm, I'm glad you shared that for sure. We actually saw our first butterfly of the year yesterday. Um, for those of you listening, today's February 26th. So um, my daughter was homesick from school yesterday and she plays at my shop and we've got a really sunny space <clears throat> up in Welch's, Oregon, up on Mount Hood and um, she was so excited to see this butterfly and she just followed it and stared at it for like 30 minutes it was really really great so now that I know not to take the tops of, of nettles I can share that with her too that's yeah cool I always love like so for those of you that are like wow I know where there's nettles and um, you know I did mention that I will take a leaf and just chew it straight while I'm out there um, the cool thing about nettles is that they grow and they have their stinging parts come out of the bottom of their leaf. They're like these little hairs um, and they're filled with formic acid, much like the bite of a fire ant. And that's where you're getting stung from. Um, but if you grab a leaf from the top, instead of where those needles are, you can then fold it over and then fold again and make a little pocket. And then once you chew it, it like breaks those crystals and you can just eat raw nettles that way you've got to be a little bit of a nut like I am and yeah. um, <laughs> you know but it's still a really cool trick to freak out your friends if you're ever on a hike or something like that and you want to be like hey look look at this food um but as always make sure you're you're harvesting the right plant so yes yeah that's a great great bit about the butterflies yeah nettles are such a they're so amazing yeah. So when sh once you were like, oh, this is really cool. Um, these plants are also medicine. And did you, what did you do after that? Like, I'm sure that sparked your desire to learn more about these plants. Yeah. How did you go about learning more? Did you have, did you find teachers? Was it books? Did you go to classes? What did you do? Yeah, it was, it was a lot of all those things. Um, <laughs> you know, I think, uh, and it kind of, it continued on like in the garden, like at, at that time when I was first getting really interested in medicinal plants, I was working at this educational garden in Southeast Portland and, um, there was this really amazing teacher there. Uh, her name is Judy Bluehorse and mm -hmm. she still teaches around the Portland area and she's a really incredible herbalist and, so she was teaching the, they, so they had a partnership with this middle school that was right across the street from, from the gardens. So um, she would lead these classes with the, with the kids and just her approach to, to plants was, was so fascinating to me and cool. So she would lead the kids, she would teach the kids these songs to, to sing to the plants and to sing to the land and kind of have this connection to land, um, which I thought was was really it just really like made a lot of sense to me and was totally new and different um, and she also kind of 
taught from this perspective that you, she's like, you know, I don't really think that you necessarily need to consume plants to always get their medicine. Like sometimes right. even just being with the plants, you can, you can gather a lot. Mm -hmm. um, so it was this very kind of like gentle, um, like gentle perspective and kind of indigenous perspective that, that was um, really kind of formative for me. Um, and then I also met um, at that same garden, uh, an amazing teacher, uh, Cascade Anderson Geller, um, mm -hmm. who is kind of like, I kind of consider her like, probably a lot of people consider her like an herbal godmother. Like she just really oh, yes. had such deep knowledge and um, <laughs> really like her, her love for plants. Um, and she always, you know, she's always teaching recipes. Like anytime you spent time with her, you would learn a new recipe um, and her just depth of knowledge was so interesting like she knew so much about the where the plant came from the people who harvested the whole like culture around the plant like there's so much you can learn even beyond just like this plant you know is helpful for this condition like there's this whole world of of information that a plant has that and how embedded it is in culture that I just really uh, she just really inspired me and was was super important I think for sending me on my on my herbalist path. That is awesome actually um, one the Judy Blue Horse and the importance of sitting with the plants and how how much value you can get from that instead of just looking at the plants as like give me this give me that which we have a society of for sure um, but just sitting and getting to know the plants is is really such an important piece and singing with them and offerings for them I think is also really really important and I love that you brought up Cascade um, she's actually a huge piece as to why I'm doing this podcast yeah. and I'm I'm gonna do a whole episode on this where I'm just talking about this story um, okay. but since you brought it up I'm gonna do it brought her up um, I'm gonna just say a quick little ditty on it um, Cascade I met when I went to Brighton Bush Herbal Conference for the first time just kind of on a whim and this conference was when all the elders were there and I finally <laughs> realized that oh my gosh this is what I need to be I these are my people I need to work uh. with the plants more and I went on one plant walk with Cascade and it was really amazing she taught us like to really pay attention to your surroundings and to listen to the plants. And if the, the plants near you are not healthy or near the ones you're hoping to harvest, then maybe you need to consider what you're bringing into your body if you try and harvest these other plants. And, and it was really a lovely walk and an amazing experience. And several years later, um, I left that conference and I was like, boom, I'm going to herb school. And I dove into an herb school here in Portland, Oregon, the Elderberry School of Botanical Medicine. And, nice. and that made me want to learn more about like the science behind it all and what's really going on. So I did Portland School of Traditional Western Herbalism. And through that, um, this is several years later after this conference, and I um, was pregnant with my daughter. And at this school, they brought in one of the best herbalists from around the country every year or every month, excuse me, um, to teach about a certain subject. And Cascade was supposed to come next. And, and I was so excited to reconnect with this woman and just be like, wow, ever since I, I took this walk with you, here's what I've done on my herbalist journey. And just to learn from her again. And um, she died on Herb yeah. Day, right before the, the class she was supposed to teach with us. And I was super bummed, but she, for the next almost two weeks, came to me incredibly powerfully and vividly in my dreams. And she would look at me directly in the eye and say, you have what it takes. You have the voice you have the power to shout it from the mountaintops and treetops about the importance of using these plants as medicine. You need to do it for the people. You need to do it for the plants and you need to do it for the planet. Go shout it from the treetops and mountaintops. And she was so clear and so direct and so powerful. And I was just like, wow, I'm pregnant and having super vivid dreams and yeah, wake up amazing. and tell my partner like, oh my gosh, this woman is like 
really coming to me in my dreams. And, and before then I was definitely of the club of like, whatever, hippie freak, people don't come to you in your dreams, but she absolutely did. And so yeah. when I've gone through the hard times of navigating what it's like to grow an herbal products business, I walk to the woods and I remember that message. And um, I told you earlier in our conversation, I'm coming out of a couple of years of, of really hard learned lessons and running the wrong direction for a while. And that whole time I was not connected with that message. And yeah. I know she's right, but I do have that power and that voice. And so that is the birth of the herbalist path for me and this podcast. Yeah. That's so cool. Thank you so much for, for sharing that. That's yeah. She just really, I think same for me, she's a kind of a guiding, a guiding force for sure. And just, uh, yeah, she died so suddenly and it was such a loss, but, but she really, she did so much to inspire people. I think, um, she yeah, really did. I love hearing the stories from other people and everybody's got such a, a powerful story of hers. So it's just beautiful. Just yeah. beautiful. <laughs> so we talked a little bit about like, um, what made those teachers really influential for you in your earlier days? Were there any other key things that you find to be really awesome in an herb teacher to help keep you inspired and driven to learn more in this world? Yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, I think, I mean, definitely people that are, that are passionate and just have that, like, and that, I mean, that's the cool thing about being an herbalist is I think you never stop learning. Like, there's never a point where you, you learned it all. Like, it's, it's just this endless, uh, like, well of, yeah. of, like just that you can keep going deeper and deeper into. So um, I think it's it's really cool to to find teachers that that know that and have gone really deep and are still going deeper and still learning more. Um, and there's so many different directions you can go. Like I think um, something that's really cool about the the path of herbs is you know you don't necessarily like like for me I'm I don't consider I'm definitely not like a like a clinical herbalist, like I'm not um, like seeing patients and that's right. definitely one, one direction you can go with it. That's mm -hmm. incredibly important. But I think also just going the direction of, of just working with plants, um, growing plants, uh, growing them in your garden, sharing them with your family and your friends and um, just, just going deeper in that way is, is another like, incredible way to to be an herbalist and to, to kind of refine those skills so um, yeah. yeah I love your I love the kind of tagline of an herbalist in every home because I think that's just really powerful and really like using herbs before you're like really you know ill or really need them like using them to just support your daily life and wellness is, mm -hmm. is kind of like the most powerful way that the herbs can um can really like make a huge difference. Absolutely. And you have to happen to make some really awesome herbal products that can help support people in their bodies in a daily, uh, daily fashion. I love that. Um, I think yeah, that's beautiful. Thanks. And I love that you mentioned also that there are so many different directions and different paths to take as an herbalist, whether you're the farmer or you're the teacher or you're the clinician or you're the community herbalist or just being the herbalist in your family and using these plants for yourself or your children. Um, and yeah, there's just so many great directions and you can take lots of those paths or you could take just one little step down one path. And um, I think, yeah, there's so much truth to like it being an ever evolving learning process. There's so much to know and it's always fascinating. I think that's part of what made me fall in love with it. Like as a, a student in, in, traditional schools in the United States for so many years, I found myself getting bored quickly. And with herbalism, I know I'll never be bored. Yeah, <laughs> I'll always yeah, have something totally. new and exciting to learn. So, Yeah. So and then, you know, I think we're similar because I, I also went down the path of, of starting an herbal business and, mm -hmm. you know, and that came from this passion for herbs and interest in herbs and you know, and, and running a business can be really challenging, like, oh, yeah. you know, things that you <laughs> didn't expect to have to worry about or think about can <laughs> suddenly become 
all consuming and you can like kind of lose sight of why, like, why did I start doing this? What like, am I doing? <laughs> yeah, totally. It was so hard. But it just comes back to that, like, why did I get into this? It was, it was for the plants and, you know, helping people um, have access to uh, like really high quality herbs is, is kind of what I try to always come back to when I'm having those moments of like, ah, like this is just too, yeah, just worrying about things that, that were not why I got into it, but yeah. are part of it. They're definitely part of it. And it's a, it's a really hard thing, as you know, to get through and, and get over it. But then it, it, I think it's just crucial to really always return back to that, that why, um, why you're doing it. And, and it's really painful when you go away from that why for too long. Trust me, I'm there. And actually, I was there. <laughs> I'm coming out of it. And it feels really great. And yeah, like, yeah. for me, my whole mission behind Mountain Mel's is and that's the one thing that's remained consistent through my painful times is that I want to inspire a movement or I want to inspire people to take better care of the planet by taking better care of themselves naturally. And for me, that's through plant medicine. So now everything that I do must go back to that mission. And if it's not driving back to that mission, then I have to say no to whatever shiny thing it is being flashed my way. So yeah, yeah, that's an important piece. I wanted to take a quick pause to show some love and gratitude to our sponsors of the Herbalist Path podcast, who make this show possible for me and possible for you too. So here it goes. I love this time of year. It's spring, the sun is shining, and all of our beautiful plant friends are popping up. It's amazing. Unless, of course, you're one of the millions of people who suffer from seasonal allergies. You know, the itchy, watery eyes, the sneezing and wheezing that's straight miserable. Thankfully, there are some amazing herbs that can help you with all of that. Just like the herbs inside of Kick-Ass Allergy from Wish Garden Herbs, one of my absolute favorite herbal companies out there. Kick-Ass Allergy, yes, I said ask without the K at the end. Anyways, this formula has yerba santa, nettles, echinacea for that immune support, and orange peels, all which come together to help dry up those excessive mucosal secretions. Yep, I'm talking about the sniffles and the stuffy nose, the watery eyes, and all that jazz. This blend also acts as a great expectorant and can help ease the swelling and inflammation in those mucosal tissues. It is a top go-to for seasonal allergies. And get this, they combine all those beautiful herbs with glycerin, so it actually tastes pretty darn good. Or should I say it tastes kick-ass without the K at the end. Anyways, if allergy season is miserable for you and you want a natural remedy that actually works for those itchy eyes and being all sneezy and wheezy, you have got to check out Wish Garden Herbs Kick-Ask Allergy. And for those of you with the little kiddos, no sweat, they've got a kick-it allergy too. And you pregnant mamas? You don't have to suffer either. They've got a kick-ass allergy formula just for you. So head over to wishgardenherbs.com or check out the link in the show notes and go grab yourself some kick-ass allergy so you can enjoy spring again. You know, we're all in the same boat of crazy these days, with tons of unexpected stress. And now we have an election coming up, and kids schooling at home, and, you know, going through global transitions is hard, and it's downright stressful. Luckily, Mountain Mel's is here to help. We've got info just waiting for you on herbs that can help you melt away that stress au naturel. So... To get our free guide on herbs to ease stress and anxiety, sign up at mountainmels.com 
backslash pages backslash herbs to ease stress. Again, that's mountainmels.com backslash pages backslash herbs dash to dash ease dash stress. And we'll get our free guide sent out directly to you. Now, go empower your inner herbalist. So if there were one herb, I know this is a challenging one, but if there were one herb that you wished everybody knew about, what herb would that be? Yeah, I think I would have to say um, calendula is probably Mm. like my one of my favorite herbs and one of the herbs that I think everybody should know about um, for a lot of reasons. Um, it's just, well, it's, it's extremely easy to grow, which is and like, that's a great way to work with calendula because just growing it and harvesting it yourself. Oh, look, there's a beautiful <laughs> calendula mural in Chantanel's space. Um, yeah. She's just so beautiful and so gentle and healing. So, you know, it's it's one that you can grow and harvest on your own very easily. You, I love using calendula in tea, um, and I the thing I love calendula the most for is um, for the skin. Like making a calendula oil is um, like something I think everybody should have in their lives just because it's so, um, so healing. It's, it's like safe for everybody to use and just a good way to like integrate that kind of self care where you're, where you're using an herbal oil that you made yourself to, you know, really nourish your skin, um, and, and heal like so many different skin problems. Um, yeah, that's, I think calendula is my, is my favorite. That's awesome. So there's, I, I also love calendula. That's why I'm sitting next to this incredibly beautiful mural my friend painted for me. And she's just so vibrant and sunshiny. And I always have a song that I sing when I'm harvesting or standing around calendula. And it changes all the time. But the basic is basics are calendula, you are my friend, Jula. I remember when you were. And then like I'll just kind of go off into whatever story I end up having with me at the time or wherever the plant takes me. Um, but yeah, you can totally use calendula. You are my friend. You are my friend. I will definitely <laughs> be using that. <laughs> I love it. It's so catchy. And I, like every time now that I hear the word calendula, it immediately triggers that tune in my head. So yeah. Yeah. Songs are super fun. Um, can you tell people how you make your calendula oil or how you would recommend somebody at home to make calendula oil? Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, the way the way I do my oil is um, I uh, so gathering the fresh herbs, and then I typically dry the calendula before making the herbal oil, um, which you don't necessarily have to do, but I um, I just kind of I like doing that because then I can have um, like a kind of like a stash of calendula. To use throughout the year and you can use some for tea and use some for oil and then um but yeah when, and then when i come to actually making my herbal oil um i'll grind i'll like powder the calendula um and then usually usually what i use is um organic olive oil to make herbal oils um but you know you could definitely use other oils like sunflower oil or almond oil or you know if there's a particular oil that your skin really likes it could be any oil mm-hmm. um, and so I combine the, um, the ground calendula and the oil and I like to keep it really warm um, you know at least like 100 degrees for um, several days um, up to you know I'll go like a week to two weeks um, you know sometimes like a, like a full moon cycle is like the ideal uh, amount of time to let uh to let an herb extract um and and yeah then you just uh dr- like kind of filter out the um the plant material and you have this like beautiful orange oil that you can just use straight on your skin or then you can use that oil in whatever skincare preparation you might want to make like a salve or a lip balm or 
mm -hmm. um, a cream or yeah, there's a lot of directions you can go. Yeah, what I, I love calendula and its oil, if I didn't express that enough already. <laughs> um, but what, what makes calendula so great for the skin? Do you know? Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of, it's known to be a um, vulnerary, which means it just helps the skin heal. Um, it, so, you know, if there's any kind of, it, so it helps with cell regeneration. Um, so if there's any, anything that the, any reason the skin is unhappy or if there's a cut or a scrape or, you know, a rash or anything like that, calendula just really gently, uh, helps the skin recover and, and heal more quickly. Mm -hmm. Um, that's a big part of it. It also, um, has, it has a lot of like moisture and, um, like oils in it. So it's, it's kind of cooling, um, and it, uh, it's, it's got these, uh, uh, like, uh, what, what's the word? Uh, kind of, kind of like there it's, it's essential oil is, um, is just really healing and powerful. Yeah. It's, it's such a great herb, especially for the skin and, and its ability to help regenerate those skin cells. I absolutely love it. Um, so we talked a little bit about calendula oil, we briefly touched on nettle pesto and your mint and nettle tea that you like to make. Is there any other awesome herbal recipe that you would recommend for somebody to try if they're just beginning to get into herbalism? Yeah, I think, I mean, one of my favorites that kind of inspired my whole um, my whole business was was based around um, making herbal vinegars. Mm. So extracting um, herbs into apple cider vinegar is is a really awesome uh, thing to to play around with and experiment with because it's again you can go so many different directions um, and you so making herbal vinegars are um, again kind of like walking that line of, of food and medicine so you can use them in a culinary way to make uh, you know to make like salad dressings or to use as flavoring in your food um, or you can infuse herbs into vinegar to even use on your like on your hair as a hair rinse um, or for your skin like I've, I've done that with things like um, you know like rosemary and rose petals and uh, you can you can make really nice hair rinses with uh, with herbal vinegars, and then and then again like our our product line is all um, oxymels, which are combinations of herbal vinegars that we then combine with raw honey. So that creates this like really sweet and sour, delicious way to to consume herbs. Um, so so yeah, that that's kind of my my favorite uh, my favorite preparation. Uh, you know, it's, it's kind of the main, the main thing that my business makes and sells are, are oxymels. And, yeah. um, and it all just started with playing around with herbal vinegars in my kitchen. And um, yeah, and herbal vinegars are really cool too, because they, um, it's a way to extract the constituents of herbs. Um, and it's a little more gentle than using alcohol. Um, but it, it's, vinegar is really good at extracting constituents, but they just end up, um, not quite as concentrated as and strong as in an alcohol extraction, which which can be nice in a lot of circumstances. Mm -hmm. And it's they're also really safe and good for people who who might want to avoid alcohol. So yeah. great for um, for kids, great for you know recovering alcoholics, or really just anybody who might want be avoiding alcohol for a variety of reasons. Um, it's a great way to to do an herbal extract. Without yeah. That. Yeah, and adding in that honey piece is really crucial for the kids because getting your kids to sip down just herbal vinegars, you are a superhero. Yes. Do that. <laughs> yes, but, yeah. The honey goes a long way to make it delicious. It really, it really, another, really like, does. Magical substance for herbs. And yeah, I think and also for um, beginning herbalists, like uh, experimenting, like really like making your, making your product taste good is really going to mm. help uh, you know, compliance and help people be willing to try it. Um, cause there's a lot of amazing healing herbs, but and some of them can be quite bitter or be quite, you know, intense in flavor. So finding a way to work with those other herbs too, that are, that are also have, you know, are delicious. And that, that really helps people, uh, 
yeah, and I'm sure you know that with formulating teas, like, yeah, yeah making them taste good is, is a really important thing about getting the medicine into people. That's totally one of my main missions is to make herbal medicine that tastes great. And like, I'm really grateful that I've spent so many years as a bartender and then got to yeah. study herbalism. And um, I now have a, a great way of dancing the medicinal properties of plants with their flavor profiles. And uh, I think that's really important so that we can keep the movement of people wanting to try more herbal remedies. I think back in the 60s and 70s when people were starting to reawaken and use herbs again, thankful to that whole generation of herbalists, of course, but oftentimes those things were gross and people had to, to learn how to choke down a certain remedy. So yeah, yeah. it's really important to keep it yummy. Yes. So you, you talked about these vinegars, which I so agree is, is a great way to start playing with herbs. Um, how does somebody infuse a vinegar? Do they do it with fresh plants? Do they do it with dry plants? What do they do? Yeah, you can do, um, you can definitely do it with fresh plants. That works great. Um, dried plants also work really well. Um, usually uh, with, with fresh plants, um, you would use a lot more of the fresh plant. Um, and then, but then with a dried plant, you, you use less because you, when, once you dry the plant, kind of all the, all the moisture leaves, but the um, constituents, kind of um, get a little more concentrated uh, since all that moisture is gone. So, um, so you, you tend to use a little bit less of dried plant. And, um, you know, very similar to the herbal oil that I described, um, I, I actually don't let, when I'm, when I'm making a vinegar extract, um, I, I typically don't grind the plant material. I, I use it whole, but you can kind of like break it up with your fingers a little bit to let uh, kind of let some of those um, qualities like like break up and then you pour the you pour the vinegar over them you uh, oh a really important thing with working with vinegar is you want to not use metal because um, the the vinegar will like so if you're using like a mason jar you wouldn't want to use a metal lid because mm -hmm. um, the the vinegar will actually corrode the metal so um, definitely plastic plastic lids are important with vinegar extracts mm -hmm. um, but yeah you combine your um, your herbs your vinegar you uh, put it aside for uh, you know two weeks is a great length of time to do it and um, you can agitate it uh, consistently you know every day if you remember to go and shake it that frequently um, or just as often as you remember and then, um, and then when it's ready, and you can taste things periodically too, and kind of see how they're see how they're changing. And um, then when it's time, you strain out your herbs, and you have this this beautiful infused vinegar to to experiment with. That's awesome. Thank you for that really awesome detailed description of how to do it. Um, I hope all of you out there are going to plan your first herbal vinegar right now when you're listening to this episode. Yeah. Um, so was there a point in your path, like as a gardener and growing food and then starting to learn about these plants and how they could be used as medicine? Was there one day when you just like suddenly recognized you were an herbalist or was there a, a point in time when you felt like, okay, I can now identify as an herbalist. Yeah, so I think, I think the time when I started officially feeling like I'm an herbalist was, was after, you know, harvesting, playing around with recipes, sharing them with people, and getting really good feedback, like people really liking what I was making, and just feeling like I was having, like I was getting somewhere with, with making things that were really, um, you know, People were, people were into them and they were being helpful. Mm -hmm. um, and so that kind of, and then I think also working with Cascade helped me kind of feel like herbalist is not necessarily this like term that is only applied like if you've, you know, been doing it for, for many, many years, like or done, you know, years and years of study. Cause I was, I was really like kind of in, like not that deep into it, like maybe a few years into it. Mm -hmm. starting to feel like like this is what I am this is like my this is my path um, yeah. and 
yeah. And then when I, when I made that jump of like sharing what I was making and, and thinking like, you know, this, this stuff is really good. I should actually maybe start, like, we should start a business. Um, my husband <laughs> and I kind of like just, and it was very like, like on a, like a little bit on a whim almost. Like I had uh, graduated from, uh, like I got a master's degree um, and that was right around when like, you know, the economy was kind of tanking and I was having a lot of trouble finding a job and my, I wanted to be in the education field and working in school gardens, but it was kind of becoming clear that there wasn't a whole lot of work opportunities for me at that time. Um, and this is also the time when I was dabbling with, with plant medicine and I, I was really kind of considering myself like a kitchen herbalist. I'm like, mm -hmm. I'm a kitchen herbalist. I, I just make, you know, I make things that are tasty. I do it all in my kitchen. Like this is, this is awesome. And so then we were like, well, let's, we've always talked about starting a business. Like maybe this is the time we should, we should go for it. And nice. so we did. And it all kind of in the past nine years has just evolved. And, and there's been times that it's been hard, but there's always, it just keeps moving forward and doors kind of keep openings that just, it just sort of makes it feel like, okay, we're, we're onto something here. We're on the right path. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, it was something that it kind of wasn't necessarily the, the plan, but it, it came from that, uh, like garden kitchen herbalist, uh, kind of title, I guess. I love hearing your story. It's, it's awesome. And it, I can relate so much as you were saying, like we're both herbal products, business owners. And I often say like, I'm an accidental business owner because yeah. I just started it by playing with these herbs and, you know, just sharing them with people in my community and people being like, well, why aren't you selling this? And I'm like, well, I don't know. Like, <laughs> yeah. They're plants. I need to give them to everybody. Oh, wait, no, you actually need, you can, you can make a livelihood from this and you probably should because it's a gift that the world needs to have shared. So, yeah. Um, yeah, it's yeah, fun, to, fun to hear your journey because I've watched you for a long time and known you for a long time and like what you guys are doing now and where you're at is, is super inspiring for me too. Um, yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, and to you. know that it's, you know, it's no easy path when you're trying to run this kind of business. Like it's hard and there's a lot of details that you have to abide a lot of rules you have to abide to and and figure out and navigate and um it's not always just about playing with the plants and talking with people which is really what i want to do yeah, right. <laughs> i just want to play with more plants formulate more great things and, and talk with people but i have to do these other things to really get to that to that point and to that level <clears throat> yeah do you think you would ever do anything differently if you were to start your whole herbal path over or do you think it just took you in the right direction as it needed to. Yeah, you know, I'm, I kind of feel like the, the path has been, has been the right path. Like, I don't know what I would go back and change. Like, I think yeah. it has kind of unfolded really, uh, you know, sent me, sent me in the right direction, even though it wasn't necessarily what I, what I even predicted. I, mm -hmm. I think it, I don't know that I would go back and change anything. Um, but I, I do think, um, as I continue on the path, um, kind of like we talked about earlier, just maintaining that, like coming back to, to why, I, why I started in the first place, um, you know, what, what the bigger goals are and kind of having that, um, like that personal mission is, is really important just to make sure that the path continues in the, wherever it may take me. And that may change and may be the same. I, I am not able to predict what that's going to be exactly. But I think, um, you know, uh, having that, having that personal mission of, of why you started yeah, um, and trying to remain as true to that as you possibly can is, um, is really the, the best thing you can do. I wholeheartedly agree with that statement <laughs> in such unbelievable ways. Um, yeah. yeah, like I said earlier in there, it's really painful when you try and do this kind of thing and you diverge from your mission and your why behind it. Like, why would you do that in the first place? Yeah, maybe the why evolves a bit, but as long as you remain true to the heart and, and 
those kinds of things, then, then the good things do happen. Um, of course, you've got to navigate some turbulent waters every once in a while, but yeah, worth it. yeah, and I think just you don't always you you don't always know what you're doing. You have to just like kind of fling yourself into it and go for it. And yep, and I call those all those happens. mistakes I've made are valuable learning lessons. Yes, <laughs> and there are many. Yes, <laughs> but I wouldn't give them up. You know, you come back a stronger, wiser being, and able to do even more with that why. So yeah. That's exciting too. Um, I would imagine if you're like me or any other herbalist, I know you're quite the book junkie, um, herbal book junkie. I yes. Know. If there were one book that you could recommend to an herbalist that's just beginning down their path, what book would you recommend? Yeah, I. Um, there's actually a newer book that I think is, is a really awesome book uh, called The Alchemy of Herbs. Do you have that book? I sure do. Yeah, it's uh, Rosalie de la Forette. Um, hopefully I said her name correctly, but uh, she's a really great writer. Um, and the way she set up the book is it's very um, like recipe based. Um, and so there's a lot of really amazing recipes, super inspiring, um, things to try. I still have a list of things I want to try from her book. I've, I've tried a lot of things. There's even more I want to do. Mm -hmm. Um, but, and the way she has it, um, arranged is really cool where it's kind of based on, um, she, she goes into a different herb and talks a lot about the, the properties of that herb and then, um, like how, how you can use it and how you can kind of harness those um those different powers and um yeah just looking at herbs that are uh you know like spicy herbs and cooling herbs and astringent herbs and and the way she categorizes them are really um is, is really cool and i think a really great approach to, to learning about herbs yeah absolutely i think it's a great book and people it, it's a really fun book you know and and inspires people to get creative and just actually get their hands on these herbs and really try these great recipes and she's really a brilliant herbalist and fantastic teacher too so yeah i think that's a great recommendation for a first book for an herbalist absolutely yeah, yeah the alchemy of herbs it's a good yeah. one yeah Wow, what a great chunk of knowledge we just heard. I love learning new things, especially better ways to take care of myself and my family. But if you're like me, I love the knowledge, but I'm often too busy to put it into practice, making my own salves and teas and such. Thank goodness, the lovely folks over at Mountain Mel's are already doing it for me. Their herbal teas support my mind, body, and soul, and they taste great too. And their line of outdoor essential products supports my family's outdoor fun and quickens our recovery afterwards when we overdo it. So hop on over to mountainmels.com and use the code THP15 at checkout to receive a 15% discount, especially for listeners of The Herbalist's Path. That's THP15 for 15% off your order of delicious goodness today. Um, is there any like other big pieces of wisdom or advice you would want to share with somebody just heading down their herbalist path? Yeah, I mean, I think just um, really trying to incorporate herbs into everything is is the the best way to to learn and to keep. So you know, it's like everything you cook. You know, you 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 have so many opportunities to use herbs. Um, you know, when you're taking a bath, when you're getting ready in the morning, like, you know, even, um, you know, if you want to, like, purify spaces with smoke, like, I, I'll even, I, I got in a series of um, car accidents, and ended up deciding that I needed to purify my car using, using smoke. So even, like, even things like driving, you can incorporate herbs. Um, there's, yeah, I think it's just finding creative ways to just have them in your life all the time and um, have them supporting you um, all the time is, is really the best way to, to really have that strong relationship and to have them there for you when you need them. Yeah, I love that. That's a, a great piece. 
use them yeah. <laughs> be with them <laughs> play with them and get creative yeah. because it can be so much fun to like once you start getting in there and just playing with different recipes or ways to use them like smoke in your car um i love it i love it that's a great piece really really great piece so as I state all the time in this podcast, the whole mission is to inspire a movement where there's an herbalist in every home again, like there once was. In your view, what's the greatest reason that you think there should be an herbalist in every home? Yeah, well, I think the herbs just offer so much to us um, and they, they, they just that that connection to to nature and to the plant world is just something that is is so important and something that we all kind of need to get back to and you know the more you build that connection the more kind of connected you are to to everything around you to the environment to all these systems that are that are supporting us um so i think it it just will help us be better uh, better citizens of, of the planet and better, you know, just better recognizing um, how everything is working together and how we're, we're kind of key players in um, shaping the, the direction that the planet needs to go. If we want to keep sharing it with, with everybody else, we need to be better, better citizens and better neighbors. And so working with working with plants in that way, like they're like they're our friends, and they're our, um, you know, they they can be our allies, um, and you just have to you just kind of have to open your eyes to that, and and really figure out how to have that strong uh, that strong relationship. Um, yeah, I think that's I think that's where where we need to go, and the world will be a better place if if more people are are on that path. Hell yes. <laughs> I love that statement so much. Like that, yeah, as I had said earlier, like part of my mission is to save the planet basically with plant yeah. medicine. Um, and being able to get this mo movement with an herbalist in every home is a really, really, really great way to do that. Because it was like that. And, and, and the world has gone downhill since the pharmaceutical industry has taken over. And not to say that pharmaceuticals don't have their place, but they're definitely overused and abused, particularly in our society here in the US. And, you know, they're, they're not always good for people and they're definitely not good for the planet. Um, yeah. And we see on a regular basis, the things going on with our planet and, and yeah, it's another great step that we can take to make sure that we're making a difference within our own individual lives. So yeah, thanks for sharing. Yeah, that. yeah, and it's so empowering, I think, to, yeah. to just have, um, yeah, to, to realize that there's all these tools um, mm -hmm. available that are very abundant if you if you look for them. So yeah, totally. I think it's, it's a, yeah, you just always have, you always have friends when you're friends with the plants. They're, they're everywhere. <laughs> yes, they are. Yeah, that's a, that's a great piece too to the empowerment thing. Like I think about, I have a six-year-old daughter and she goes to school and like everybody in the school gets sick at the same time. And I, I watch all of these parents just freak out, you know, and they're going to the doctors and they're getting all these medicines and that's cool. You got to do what you got to do. But I sit yeah. back and I'm like, that's cool. I know what to do. <laughs> you know, yeah. I do feel completely empowered to be like, all right, I know how to handle this situation. And, and I don't have to run to somebody else to put my child or my own health in my, into somebody else's hands. I can, and I will when necessary, but it's not necessary for everyday sicknesses that are running through schools these days. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. So we have talked about a lot. It's been super fun um, having this whole conversation going. I'm, I'm curious if there's any other major pieces you think we maybe uh, missed out on or that you would like to add so these herbalists and herbalists to be can, can have a, a even more fun journey down the herbalist path. Yeah, no, I mean, I think we covered a lot of really good ground. I think, um, yeah, anybody who's called to the path just should uh, keep keep going forward and keep learning more and keep experimenting and being creative and, um, you know, sharing what they learn. And um, it'll just really help all of our lives be better and more more full and just expand your your world. So, so yeah, I'm, I'm really... Uh, 
I'm really excited about about that um, possibility for for people that are that are listening. Heck yeah! So where can these people find you? I want them to hopefully get to try some of your wonderful honey herbal tonics and some of your awesome products. Where can you be found? Yeah. So well, so we're based in Portland. We have our our uh, medicine making space and factory store in Northeast Portland. Um, we have a website, uh, which is nickelberrygardens.com. Um, and then our, our products are available at, at lots of different, um, like, uh, retailers, um, like kind of like high quality retailers. We're available in new seasons, whole foods, and a lot of different, um, co-ops and natural grocery stores. Um, mm-hmm. We're, we're pretty widely available in the Pacific Northwest, and we're expanding to um, more and more uh, shops all around the country, which is, which is really exciting. Um, and then we still have a farmer's market booth every Saturday at the Portland Farmer's Market, so you can find us there and taste everything. Um, yeah, and uh, yeah, I, you know, definitely kind of check out our website um, and, and look, for us, look for us in stores. Cool. Are you guys on social media anywhere? Can they follow you? Yeah, we're on Instagram, um, Mickleberry Gardens, um, and we're also on Facebook. And uh, yeah, yeah, I'm always, uh, I, that's one of those things I always feel like I should be doing more with the social media, uh, but we have, we do have a social media presence. So, so yeah, come, come find us. I, uh, so uh, onto that social media presence, um, it's important, but I'm at a point where I'm like, hey, how about you just tone down trying to focus on that? Like I see your guys' page and you guys should definitely check it out because you can see a lot of their processes and um, really see what they've got going on and the plants that they use. It's really, really cool. And I love that you're not devoting all of your time to, oh my gosh, I got to put this new Instagram post up because I yeah. quite frankly believe it's a bunch of crap. No offense yeah, to all of you that found this podcast on Instagram or whatever. <laughs> I'll still be there. I'll still be searching. But I think um, in the yeah. entrepreneurial journey, many people will be like, you have to be on there every day posting at this hour. And I'm like, wait a freaking second. Like, yeah, I know. I start this so I can sit on my phone. But yeah, exactly. Yeah, but we try to, with Instagram, you know, and I'm not a super frequent poster, but I, I do try to kind of give a little behind the scenes look at, you know, what we're doing, like what plants we're processing, what kind of what our, what our processes look like. Um, so, so yeah, that's, the, that's maybe something to, to tune into. Yeah, it's super cool. Wow, that was super fun. Thank you so much for joining yeah. me on the Herbalist Thank you path. so much for inviting me. I think you ca- shared so many great tidbits for people to really take some actionable steps to get out there and get their hands dirty and, and start exploring and experimenting with great herbal remedies for themselves. Yeah. Awesome. This has been The Herbalist's Path. Thanks for joining us. Have we piqued your herb curiosity? Are you thirsty for more? Well, then check out the show notes of today's episode for exciting educational opportunities, workshops, and courses. If you'd like to support our mission, please subscribe, rate, and review to help others find us. Together, we can make herbalism hashtag spread like wildflowers. Wishing you all a lovely day. Bye for now. take a quick pause to show some love and gratitude to our sponsors of the Herbalist Path podcast who make this show possible for me and possible for you too. So here it goes. Medicinal mushrooms are all the rage these days, if you didn't know already. And with great reason, because they are powerful medicine that can improve your health and your life in so many different ways when they're well-made. 
Yeah, it's true. There's a lot of stuff on the market that isn't going to be so effective. And that's why you need to find a brand that you can actually trust. For me, that brand is Whole Sun Wellness. And this is the creation of a brilliant woman and fellow mama, Jamie Bonfiglio. She's an international mushroom educator that has been working in the medicinal mushroom industry for years. And this is when she saw firsthand how many other companies take shortcuts when it comes to their products. And Jamie wasn't having it. She set out to build her company the right way. Whole Sun Wellness is here to raise the industry standards so those crap mushrooms on the market aren't getting into your body or your family's body. Whole Sun Wellness is the first company to test and report nutritional facts for all of their extracts. They go beyond industry standards every step of the way, from sourcing to extraction and final testing. And as the owners of the largest medicinal mushroom farm in the United States, Whole Sun Wellness is taking control of their supply chain for the highest quality and absolute full transparency. They're even the first company to include pure mycelium extract in every single product. So when you're thinking of getting medicinal mushrooms for you and your family, Whole Sun Wellness is exactly the ones you want. Also, be sure to check out their new Mycolites. These are the world's first dissolvable electrolyte tablets. They're featuring functional mushroom extracts that'll give you more energy, more stamina, and recovery as well. And who couldn't use all of that? The other thing is, they are these adorable little mushroom-shaped tablets, and they come in like a little Altoids box, but way cooler than Altoids, because they're Mycolites. Anyways, head to wholesunwellness.com to grab yourself some Mycolites and all of the other functional medicinal mushrooms that you and your family need. And of course, you can grab that link right here in the show notes now. 